Hello and welcome to another episode of Cranky Talk, a show for avgeeks and non-avgeeks alike. We continue to tackle everything happening in the aviation world in the time of COVID. And today, mailbag! Uh, so, we, as you know, have been asking for questions that we could answer here on this week's episode. So thank you to everyone who sent in, I believe, the 350,000 or so emails, right, Dave? Yes, 300-something thousand emails that I got to sort through for your wonderful questions. We really, really appreciate them. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. No need for sarcasm, Dave. (laughs) All right, but before we get into this, we have to thank this week's Cranky Talk sponsor, Turbulence Forecast. Almost every flight experiences turbulence, but did you know you can find out exactly how bumpy your flight will be even before you get on the plane? Visit TurbulenceForecast.com to view turbulence maps for routes everywhere in the world. Dave, do you know if they also offer emotional turbulence forecasts? Um, No, but I wish they did for the emotional turbulence that I experience recording these podcasts. You don't need a forecast for this. You know exactly what it's going to be like. That's true. Yeah. I guess I haven't learned anything. Anyway, this free-to-use site provides access to the same maps pilots use, plus helpful explanations on how to interpret them. TurbulenceForecast.com also offers a concierge forecast by email service from the founder of the website. Place your order before your flight, and you'll receive a personalized forecast by email that details what turbulence to expect during your entire route. Exciting updates are rolling out later this year, including all new enhanced maps and an upgrade to the forecast by email service. So be sure to join the mailing list and be first to know when those features are available. Check it out today at turbulenceforecast.com. All right, Dave. So now it's time to talk mailbag. Now, I think everyone needs to know here that Dave has not shared any of these questions with me in advance because he's a terrible person. So I don't really know what I'm going to be running into right here (laughs) that's right uh yeah brett doesn't know anything uh about what we're going to cover today um i've kept these questions a uh, secret and uh we'll get into them now so um i think the first question here is uh i think we're going to start with the most important thing a listener wants to know why do you pronounce hawaii that way oh oh a listener wants to know that is that <laughs> yes, really, it con- Dave? A concerned listener wants to know if you're uh, consistent with your pronunciation of uh, all the places you visit. That's I sure. Well, Hawaii is the proper way to pronounce it, if that's what you mean. And when you when you go to Mexico, you you also say you're going to Mexico. Viva Mexico! <laughs> I also go to Deutschland. What's your point? <laughs> all right. Um, no, not to not to get into some real questions here. Uh, not that Aha, that wasn't not that, that wasn't a real question. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, first question that I have here is, uh, what are your thoughts on the impact of the airline's new change fee policies, particularly mm. how they will influence customer behavior as things return to normal, whenever that may be. Well, this is a good question, and it's actually pretty timely as well. So not long ago, uh, most of the U.S. airlines, well, not the low-cost guys, but most of them eliminated their change fees. And so you could make changes with no penalty from the airlines. Uh, But they did that for domestic and, like, short-haul international flying. 
Just this past week, American made the move for long haul international flying as well. So now any ticket that's bought departing from anywhere in the Americas uh, will have no change fee except for basic economy, of course, because, you know, punishment for buying those cheap fares. Uh, but what that means is that we will probably see all the airlines match. United has said it it is likely to match. Uh, there, there's a little bit of time for airlines to figure this out. But it'll be a big change for people who are used to flying these airlines because having no change fee gives tremendous flexibility. And people who buy tickets on Southwest know this because Southwest hasn't had a change fee in the past. And what they know is that they're more willing to buy tickets in advance, more speculatively. So maybe you're going to take this trip. It's a good fare. Before, you wouldn't make that purchase because if you didn't end up going, you get stuck with a pretty hefty change fee. But now, if you don't have that change fee, well, you might be more willing to take that chance. And so I think that's really what the airlines are trying to do right now is encourage people to actually buy maybe think about buying tickets. It's a strange <laughs> concept. Uh, but, you know, think about buying tickets into next summer, something like that. And and that will be um, good for their bottom line to get the money in the door. And it'll make people feel better that they can make those changes uh, without a penalty uh, for the most part. <laughs> the one thing I do need to say here, Dave, I know how you love it uh, when I bring the room down. But the one thing I need to say here is that United specifically has a rule that says you can't use the residual when you make a change fee. So what that means is let's say you bought a $5,000 ticket to Europe because that's how you roll, Dave. Yep. And then you said, okay, I'm not going because Europe won't let me in. Wow. Yeah, right. So then you have this $5,000 ticket credit. You on United would have to use that full credit for the next flight. You couldn't you know, pick off a thousand bucks and use it for something else and then keep the 4,000 for the future. So I, I think that on United, uh, I don't know that that'll really change people's behavior. I think they're just going to be a lot more pissed off when they realize how they can use their credit. And what else is new? <laughs> you know, par for the course. Right. So, so long story short here is, you know, no change fees means people can, you know, book things way farther in advance than they normally would uh, without fear of having to rack up any fees if they have to change or cancel down the road. And uh, well, United makes things really easy for people. <laughs> right. They, they still can't cancel without a fee. I mean, if, if you cancel, you're going to have to use that credit. It's not like you can get your money back. Uh, but at sure. least you'll be able to use the full credit instead of having to pay this change fee. All right. Nice. Um, okay, so next question I've got here is, uh, and this one's a little bit in the weeds, but uh, aside from ExpressJet, uh, we haven't seen the pandemic have much of an impact on regional carriers yet. Do you think uh, they will try to diversify their contracts to blunt future downturns, such as Mesa's DHL operation? And how have EAS contracts helped or hurt uh, regionals during the pandemic, since many of them are guaranteed money for regionals like SkyWest. Now, I know this is not a plant because you have no idea what half those words mean. Nope. Uh, like I've said before, airplanes are just flying buses to me. Big metal tubes that go in the, the air. Worst. 
Uh, it, it Look, it is a good question, but there is more than ExpressJet. We had Transstates Holdings. They shut down uh, Transstates and Compass, which I think that was likely going to happen anyway, but it happened earlier because of the pandemic. So some of the littler guys are, are going away a little bit. But what we have seen more of, and I think what's most likely is that we'll see more consolidation. So you've got the big guys. You have SkyWest and you have Republic, and those are kind of the biggest ones. Um, then you also have the wholly owned regionals, and Delta owns Endeavor, Americans got three of them, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and once you get outside of those, you get some of these outliers like uh, Air Wisconsin fighting the good fight with United, uh, and, and you've got the remains of Transstates Holdings, which is GoJet, just flying some planes for United as well. Uh, and then there's Mesa, which, you know, you talk about the DHL cargo contract. That's Mesa probably seeing the writing on the wall that there just isn't huge opportunity for them. So they're trying to diversify and figure a way out. But for the primary operators like SkyWest and Republic, there is a, a real future for them and, and for the wholly owned subsidiaries. Uh, so it's entirely possible that there could be consolidation with some of these loose ends. I think that's the most likely. Uh, but, you know, they could also go out of business. Uh, there's there's no nothing saying they can't. So it's entirely possible that these types of moves will become more common for some of the littler guys as they try to find a place in the world. Uh, but hard, hard to say. Uh, so I'm, there was a lot in this question. Did I get it? I think you... I think you got all of it there. Uh, well, you don't I even hope, understand uh, half of it, so we'll say it's good enough. Uh, wow. Wow. <laughs> Slander. Slander. Um, <laughs> you mentioned uh, consolidation, and I have a question about that here. Sure. Um, do you think that uh, the COVID aftermath will see airlines consolidate or merge in the future? Oh. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I look, I think there is where there is opportunity. It's entirely possible. So I already talked about the regionals that I think there's opportunity there. I don't think there's a huge amount of opportunity with the really big guys uh, because they've already consolidated so much over the last couple decades. But you never know. I mean, you have some opportunity with the, the so-called tweeners like the JetBlue Hawaiian Alaska type of airline that, uh, you know, they might be looking for some more heft and, and could look at that. I'm a big fan of the Alaska-Hawaiian merger uh, that should happen. Throw that in with an American merger and you're really cooking now. Uh, you, you could also see some on the low-cost side. Uh, we've got, you know, guys like Sun Country and uh, Spirit and Frontier that there's always some rumor that somebody's going to try and pick something off somewhere. So I do think there is some opportunity, but it's hard to know exactly how much. And when you look on the global stage, there's also that possibility. But really, at this point, everyone's in, in such bad shape that they're happier just letting other airlines fail and go away. Sure. Um, speaking about the global stage, what do you think will happen to low-budget transatlantic carriers? Uh, we know that Norwegian has recently filed for bankruptcy is uh is the future over for the uh, super cheap uh, transatlantic round trip uh, to Europe? I don't know that there ever was a future. <laughs> there, have, there have always been people that have tried to make it work, but it never really has. A Norwegian was so proud. Oh, it's great! It's so cheap. Uh, you you loved it, but it's not. Uh, yep my 
My violin is out for Norwegian. I was a happy customer. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're not dead yet, <laughs> no, but they're but... not in a good place because they just lose a bunch no. of money. The yeah. problem with low cost long haul is, I mean, there are a couple of things, but one of the issues is that there is no low cost fuel. So they're still buying fuel. It's not so much a controllable cost unless you're playing games with hedging. And even then it's not controllable. You're just along for the ride. But, uh, you know, fuel on a longer flight it takes up a, a much bigger percentage of your costs. So you can't get that same advantage. And the other problem is that every airline is a, kind of a low-cost carrier <laughs> when it comes to off-peak seasons, uh, flying over the Atlantic or flying any of these long-haul routes. And you could always get pretty cheap stuff in, in the off-peak times. So it, it's, it's not clear that there's a reason for a strict low-cost carrier. Even Ryanair sees that. Uh, just earlier this week on Skift uh, Aviation Forum, uh, Ryanair exec said that they still aren't going to do it. They would need to have a premium cabin to really support the whole thing. It's not what they do. They're staying away from it. And that makes way too much sense. So, uh, you know, good on them. But all the airlines that have tried this, it has not gone well. You could look in other regions too, like in Asia with AirAsia X, which has been struggling ever since it started and is having to reorganize now. The only ones that really stick around are the ones that are owned by full-service airlines like Scoot owned by Singapore or Jetstar owned by uh, Qantas. And those are kind of shell games. You know, they probably don't work on their own. Sure. I'm just going to miss the names. Uh. <laughs> scoot? You like a Scoot? Scoot. Well, don't worry. Japan the, uh, Airlines oh. is starting Zip Air. Does that make you excited? Yeah. yeah. There, was, uh, there was Wow. What was the one? Oh, yeah. Uh, the Air France one that you liked? Oh, June. Yeah. Oh, God. How dare you say I liked it? But that wasn't an airline. Uh, that was a rooftop lounge. Yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> it was the airline for millennials. Oh. Um all right, so a couple more here before uh, before we go. Uh, let's see. Have you ever missed a connection or a flight? Was it your fault? And what did you have to do to get on your way again? Did you call your good friends at Cranky Concierge <laughs> to help you out? Well, anytime there's a delay or anything, I definitely do that and ask, hey, what's going on? <laughs> what does this look like? What are my options? Uh, but I, you know, I can't really think of one offhand. I mean, it, it helps when you live in a place with a ton of nonstop flights and, you know, don't connect through places like New York too often. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I can't really think of anything offhand. The closest I can think of, I think is, uh, there was, oh God, this is like 15 years ago when I was working for United, uh, I was meeting some friends in Vegas. And so we bought, uh, I bought tickets on Delta to go. And on the way back out of Vegas, uh, it was a mess. It was crowded. The lines were long, everything. And I finally got up to a, a kiosk, and then the kiosk was not working, and they rebooted it or something. So by the time I checked in, they said I was too late, and I, and I, I couldn't take the flight. And I said, well, this is garbage. So uh, knowing the contract. I'm sure you handled it well. Well, how are you going to handle it? <laughs> I went immediately into action mode here. So I, I, I knew the contract carriage, and it said, okay, present yourself at the gate 20 minutes before departure. So I said, okay, well, I'll go do that. So I worked for United, so I listed myself uh, as a, as a non-rev, as a traveler, a standby traveler on 
uh, United flight that I knew I wasn't going to get on, but I listed myself so I could get through security. And then I went up to the Delta gate and said, here I am. And they said, uh, what now? How'd you get here? You don't have, <laughs> we've kicked you off this flight already. And they made me stand there and watch as the plane pushed back. I said, bye-bye. It was really a bummer. Uh, so I ended up having to um, fly to Salt Lake, and then I spent the night, and then the next morning I had to fly back to Chicago. And I was so mad. So I ended up uh, getting in touch with the uh, Delta folks saying, listen, I don't know why you wouldn't let me check in, but I wasn't late. And this is ridiculous. And it finally got escalated and somebody went and it pulled the tapes or whatever the heck they do. And they said, oh, yeah, the cutoff is 45 minutes, but you were there at 48 minutes. And we don't know why that happened. To which I say, F you. But yeah. <laughs> I did get my money back, though, so yay. Well, there you go. For uh, anybody wondering, uh, Brett's definitely the guy who wants to speak to your manager. Uh, How dare you? <laughs> Only if it's their fault. I'm not. Listen, if I miss the flight because it's my own fault, I'm not going to do that. But I knew. Uh, all right. So uh, this last question uh, is a little close to home here. Uh how has Cranky Concierge weathered the pandemic? Uh, cool. This person enjoyed your columns. Uh, you used to do a, a column about about the Cranky Concierge business. Uh, yeah. I can't remember where it was. But, that was the, uh, you know, the Intuit Small Business blog, which that's right. pretty yeah. sure is gone. But that was fun yeah. when, when it was going on. Yeah. So how have we? Uh, how are we doing, Brett? Uh, well, I'm sure you know the answer because I'm very transparent with everyone at Cranky Concierge. Uh, yeah. But obviously, we're not doing well. <laughs> this is this is the state of affairs when you rely on people booking travel, especially international travel, as you know, a big chunk of our revenue comes from that. Well, it's just not really happening right now, uh, and hasn't been happening for some time. So, you know, we we started dealing with this back in March. Uh, I mean, a little bit before, but March is really when everything kind of went crazy, and. Uh, it's just been madness since that time. I think it's been a scramble and we've all been doing our best to keep our heads above water. So we had the PPP loan, which was really helpful to get us to the summer. Uh, I've also always managed the business really conservatively. So we have a, a cushion uh, that we've been able to dig into to keep us going. Uh, but we've also had some tougher stuff. We've had some people leave because we've cut hours. Um, we've cut wages. We've had to all make sacrifices. Uh, and we've even had a couple of people that we unfortunately had to had to let go. Uh, and it's been gut wrenching for me and I think probably for everyone else here, too. Uh, but ultimately, we have to find a way to get past this. And some of it's the cost cutting. But we've also, as listeners know, we've been doing all kinds of crazy stuff from uh, coming up with uh, Cranky Daily, our subscription product. We have the new Cranky Network Weekly, which is. Uh, a more industry-focused product. We've got the the cranky gear. Uh, if you want merchandise, T-shirts, and all that, we have more coming for the holidays. By the way, <laughs> uh, and we have, uh, you know, we sold gift cards. We've we've really done just everything that that we can, and I, I think that's the best we could hope for. And you know, we hope everyone starts traveling soon. Uh, but uh, it, it's it's just something we have to plow through because we know people will travel that's a given 
it's just a matter of when that starts coming back and uh, hopefully we can get back closer to normal certainly not normal but closer to it All right yeah and uh you know we we know that everybody's having a tough time this has been a really tough year for for everyone it's not just us but um yeah the this podcast uh you know buy buy some merch listen to the podcast um if you want to sponsor the podcast uh let us know that also helps uh like our good friends at turbulence forecast right brett yes turbulence forecast i want to thank them again and did you know dave that almost every flight you take has turbulence i do i do know that now do you think they can predict economic turbulence uh no but uh, i'm sure somebody does and (laughs) but for now let's focus on uh on the turbulence aircraft encounter Please check out TurbulenceForecast.com for worldwide turbulence maps, interpretations, and the concierge forecast by email service. You can receive a personalized turbulence forecast before your flight from the founder of the website. That's TurbulenceForecast.com. And I guess that's it for today, huh? If uh, Yeah, that, that's it. This is coming out on Thanksgiving, so happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Yes, happy Thanksgiving in your homes. Just remember, if you have any suggestions for what you'd like us to cover in a future show, let us know via email at info at crankyconcierge.com, or you can find us on Twitter or Facebook at Cranky Concierge. If you're looking for the top daily airline news stories, you can subscribe to Cranky Daily at crankydaily.com. 